0: journey to receive and today his message was is know whom you are serving know whom you are serving hallelujah Joshua 24:15 But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We need to make up our minds, beloved. We need to make up our minds, stay the course, and not commit treason. Not commit treason with our habits, with our attitudes, and with our activities. We're all serving the Lord in so many areas of life. And as the last hour has just testified, he's very pleased with you. But that doesn't mean that we don't have areas in our lives that need to be tweaked, that need to be corrected, that need to be submitted We all have areas. We all have areas like that. And when we let the Lord's light in, in those areas, we walk in new freedom. We're released from bondage. So we want to find areas. We want to see those things where God wants us to tweak or change or repent, right? We want to let the light in And walk in freedom. So we need to be steadfast. We need to be resolute. When we know the character of our Father, like last week, you know, we studied the character of our Father. Go ahead, get get that CD or whatever. Go over it. Understand. Then see, you trust Him when you understand His character towards you. You trust Him. When you trust Him, you're not going to change allegiances you're not going to change allegiances with someone that you trust. And you can trust your father. So, today we're going to study how to stay committed to our father and his way of doing things. How do we stand, how do we stand and not be pulled away by the ideas that are polluted by worldly views? Worldly ideas, imaginations that are polluted by religious thinking. Okay? Deceptions that alter the word, the truth of the word to someone. Deception that would try to alter the word and masquerade as light. Remember the scripture says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So we need to be wary We need to pay attention. We need to be committed to serving the Lord God and Him only. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, regardless of what comes my way. With the eyes of the Spirit, with the eyes of the Spirit, Holy Spirit revelation, we will receive revelation. We will receive revelation of the spirits that try to move us into idolatry. The devil's always trying to move you into idolatry and get your eyes off of Jesus. You see, but you're going to be aware. You're going to be cunning. You're not going to be moved by the deception. Paul says, we must be Prisoners for Christ. He says that in Ephesians 3 1. He says it in Ephesians 4 1. We're going to go to 4 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Worthy of the calling you have received you have received a precious calling, the calling of Christ. Everyone receives that calling because he wants everyone to be in eternity with him and to walk a victorious life here on earth. Everyone is called. Some people choose to walk in it and some people don't. So, when we're walking in that. How do we prevent unintentional idolatry? Because I I don't believe I mean I know most everyone in this church. I don't I don't I don't believe that people intentionally do bad things. But you know we can walk in unintentional things. You know, just not paying attention like we should. You know and that unintentional Idolatry. Satan intends for that, to pull us away from fully serving God in our households. And, and from receiving the freedom that turning that idolatry over to him will give us. Okay? So it says here, as a prisoner for the Lord. Okay? That's important. So when we become as Christ... When we try to walk as Christ, we become free in every area that we've submitted to him. Every area where we try to walk as Christ, freedom comes. And we are able to receive his fullness. That's what he intends for us. His fullness in every area of life. So, it says here in verse 2, Be completely free. Humble and gentle. Be humble and gentle. Well, that seems pretty easy. See, that's a good start, isn't it? Be humble and gentle. If we're being humble and gentle, especially if we're being humble toward the Lord, he can show us things, can't he? Because we're going to be teachable, aren't we? You know, we're not going to be puffed up and proud and arrogant. Be patient. Be patient. You know, sometimes it takes a little while for us to hear what he's saying. So be patient. Be patient with others. Bearing with one another in love. Put yourself in their shoes for a bit. Walk a mile in their shoes for a bit. Say, well, you know, I love my granddad. He he had such a kind, gentle heart. He really, truly did have a Christ heart. He couldn't ever criticize anybody. I never never once heard a critical word ever come out of his mouth. Frankly, I didn't even know if he ever got angry. I really didn't. I sure never saw it. And he but anyway, he would always say he would always say, "Lisa Marie, you cannot get irritated with people. You cannot get angry with people. You don't know where they've been." If you think you're being mistreated, you don't know where they've been. You know, so we learn from people like that. And we learn that when someone comes up against us or whatever, and they're having a bad day, and they, they happen to take it out on us, that we don't know it all. We don't know where they've been. We don't know what just happened to them. And that's not the time to take it personally. Just don't take it personally. Just say, you know what? I haven't walked them out in their shoes. I don't know what they're doing. I'm not going to take it personally. There's pain there. So I'm just going to, you know, be patient. Now, that would be awesome if we could all do that all the time, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be awesome? I think it would be awesome. I don't do it every time, but I'd like to. We're all getting there, aren't we? Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit... Okay, the unity of the spirit, spirit-influenced life, spirit-influenced wisdom, understanding, unity, through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit. One body, one spirit. Not separate, not separate denominations. Do you know that God does not see you as a denomination He sees you as a child of God if you're born again. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. One. Over all, in all, and through all. We are instructed to be in unity, and that is possible with the Holy Spirit. We are instructed to be in unity. We are commanded to be in unity. So why is unity important, and how are we going to achieve it? The only way, the only way to achieve unity is to understand that there is one Lord. There is one Lord, one Almighty God, one master, one creator of the universe, our Father God. One Father of all humanity. All humanity. One whose headship is him whom we serve. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we must be willing to do life his way. We must be willing to do life his way. Without this commitment, without this understanding, we all go after separate visions. Chaos. Confusion. He doesn't have separate visions. We all go after separate alliances. We all go after separate truths, which really aren't truths, because there's only one. There's only one absolute truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And it is his intent to reveal truth to us. So if we are honed in on this Holy Spirit, if we are honed in on the word, if we have our hearts desiring to do the will of God, we're going to hear that absolute truth. It'll be revealed to us because the Holy Spirit does not lie. He doesn't change about. Right? He leads us into all truth, revealing the heart of the Father. And that's what we want. But if we're all following after separate truths, which really can't be truths, right? I'm just using that word. We no longer have one head. Right? So, we're called into the headship of the Lord Almighty. Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says when he ascended on high and he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. Remember last week we we studied some of the gifts of God? Go back and study that. It says right here he gave gifts. He gave gifts. He's a gift giver. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens. Higher than anything you're going to face. Anything. In order to fill the whole universe. Wow. The whole universe filled with his presence. We just have to receive it. Everything filled under the feet of Jesus. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people. That's what they're for. To prepare you. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, we're building up the body of Christ. Always building up the body of Christ into the truth of the word. Until we all reach. See, this is not impossible. This is God's vision. We all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son that's where unity comes from the knowledge of the son of god knowledge of the son of god knowing who jesus truly is the one who wanted to do the will of the father at all cost and become mature see that's what's going to happen that's what's happening to us we become mature we become mature you know, when you, when you grow up into Jesus, you grow up into Christ, all this pain down here is really very inconsequential to you. You know, because you're ju- you just walk in the truth of Jesus. And it really doesn't affect you that much. Attaining, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is what he wants us to do. To receive. That's what he wants us to walk in. There's a religious thinking out there that says, you know, we'll never be God. Okay, I'm not God. You're not God. But he doesn't tell us that we can do something that he doesn't intend for us to do. It says here, right in the Word, the uncompromised Word, the incorruptible seed of the Word that the knowledge of the Son of God causes us to become mature and we attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So don't walk in this foolishness that tells you that you can't receive that here on earth. He wouldn't tell us that we could attain it if we, did, if we couldn't. The only way to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ is to recognize where our mental carnal believings, our religious ideas, our religious limitations, the deceptions, the, the emotional untruths that don't match up with the word, it's to recognize that stuff. Recognize where those things are out of line with the word of God. Just so you know, this takes a little bit of work on our part. You know, it really does. But when we do that, his beautiful plan gets revealed in our lives because then we walk in freedom and truth, the freedom and the truth of Christ that he bled to give us. You know, a lot of times I say, well, religious thinking. What's religious thinking? Religious thinking is anything thinking that won't accept the fullness of Christ. It sounds real good. It kind of sounds like it even maybe comes from the word. But it's not recognizing the fullness of what Christ did. It's not accepting the fullness. Okay? So this takes... Active, disciplined, intentional intervention on our parts. No laziness. No, I already have that issue covered. I already know about that. I've already arrived. See, when we start thinking like that, we're not teachable anymore. We have to have a teachable spirit every step of the way. A teachable spirit. One way to discover where we have those imaginations that exalt themselves against the Word of God, because that's what they are. Imaginations that exalt themselves against the Word of God and the words supremacy in our lives. That's what we want the word supremacy. Well, one way to figure that out is to go to the places in the word where it gives us warnings. See, when we're given a warning, God is not saying, bad girl, bad boy. The word is saying, the word is saying let me reveal this to you. Let me show this to you. Let me help you come away from this. Let me bring you freedom and liberty in this area. So those warnings, they're in the word They're things that we can look at That are very plainly called out That we can submit to the lordship of Christ And receive freedom It's healing We don't get into condemnation over those things We don't say, Ugh, I'll never get it right I goofed up again Well you can say that you goofed up again Because it probably is true But you don't stay there you get over into, okay, that happened, but now there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then you just repent, you just turn it over, and you like, teach me, Lord. You know, teach me. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is our loving counselor. He is our helper. He's our revealer. He's going to show us any areas where we need freedom. We can't be know-it-alls. You know, pastors, teachers, evangelists, they help us in those areas. And we, bec- we have teachable hearts. Do you know, that's what was David's strong suit. That's what was so awesome about David. My goodness, he goofed up all the time, repetitively. But he kept a teachable heart and understood the mercy of God so he could move on. He could stay submitted So, then that's what we do. That's what we do when we become mature. We desire to have our hearts purified. Matthew 5, 8, right? Blessed are the pure in heart. So, uh, verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there By every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. See, I don't want to live that kind of confused life. That's confusion. That's chaos. That's yuck. And that isn't what Jesus has for us. He has the Holy Spirit who is the revealer of truth who will help you see the deceptions, the manipulations of people. Now, you don't hate the person, right? You recognize the Spirit. I don't want to live a confused life, and I don't have to live a confused life. And we, when, when we allow the Holy Spirit, when we allow Holy Spirit to come in and reveal, because He is the Spirit of truth, and He comes in, you see, those deceptions, we get rid of those deceptions and the deceits of the devil in our lives. And then that sets us free. We don't have to remain subjugated to his will. The will of of the devil. Verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, in love, in love, in love, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things... In all things, every area, every place, no darkness, no dark spot kept out, no dark spot left, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. Christ the head. He is the head of our body. From him, the whole body joined and held together By every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love, builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Each one of you in here has a special part. It's not like anybody else's part. It's an important part. You're important. God needs you to fulfill your part. So I tell you this, and insist, insist, that's a strong word on it, in the Lord. He's insisting on this in the Lord. So I think it's important that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. That's thinking unrenewed by the word. Can't. It's futile. You can do it all day long. You can make all the logical arguments you want. And if it is not renewed by the word, it is futile. We, as believers, as the saints of God, have been given the mind of Christ. The scripture tells us so. 1 Corinthians 2.16 We have been given the mind of Christ. And what is that mind? That mind is receptive to Holy Spirit. It is directed by Holy Spirit. Influenced by Holy Spirit. Then what happens? Well, then we say the things that God wants us to say and we do the things God wants us to do. Verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. So who are they? The ones who have not submitted to the thinking of Christ, to the Holy Spirit, right? There, it's talking about the Gentiles again. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. That's a scary thought. You see, anyone's, not yours, nobody here at RCC, but, anyone's unregenerated thinking, thinking that where where they've not let the word come in and shed light on that thought process. It actually is telling you that's separated from God. We don't want that, right? We don't want that. We want to take all of our thoughts and renew them with the word because the word brings life. separated from the life of God because of the ignorance. See? That's ignorance. Ignorance. Where we have not submitted, if, anyone, if, if there are thoughts that are not submitted to the rule and reign of God, that's ignorance. And we have a choice not to be ignorant. Ignorant. Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. See that? Unteachable hearts. Unteachable hearts. This is such a critical thing. We must walk with teachable hearts even when it hurts because it's only going to hurt immediately and then once the light comes, it's not going to hurt anymore because new life, new strength is going to be there. By the hardening of our hearts, we do not want hardened hearts. We don't want to think we know it all. Having lost all sensitivity, we must remain sensitive to the word. And the answer is when I am thinking something that disagrees with the word, I'm wrong. I am wrong. They have given themselves over to the sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. Impurity is anything that's not been renewed by the word, that's out of line with the word. And don't go pointing fingers at somebody else. You've got your own issues to deal with. With a continual lust for more. Impurity desires more impurity. Compromise desires and leads to more compromise. Right? But here's the deal. When we take that thing, when we take that thought, when we take that habit, when we take that attitude and submit it to Jesus, we say, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Freedom comes. Freedom from bondage comes. That bondage can be take a lot of forms. You know, it can be fear. It can have to do with your finances. It can have to do with lust. It can be drugs. It can be alcohol. It can be anger. It can be gossip. It can be self-importance. It can be being puffed up and prideful. It can be anger. It can be a mentality that of lack. It can be a mentality of unworthiness. You see? Those are all bondages. Any depression, oppression, self-importance. Verse 20. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Hallelujah. When we came to know Christ, we received new liberty. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him, in Christ, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Now we need to accept the whole truth of Jesus, the whole truth of how he walked, the whole truth of how he talked, the whole truth of what he earned for us. (coughs) We continue in the faith pursuing Jesus. When you receive Jesus, you receive an entirely new and living way. An entirely new and living way. Totally contrary to the world's way of doing things. And we learn to walk in that way. 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful natures to be made new In the attitude of your mind See that? See how important that is? You're made new Because of the attitudes that you carry around up here You submit them to the word And new life comes in Your mind, that would be like your mind will emotions, right? Your, Your soulish realm You know, soul ties Well, my son does it this way My son told me to do this my, my grandparents did it this way. My family did it this way. All my friends tell me to do it this way. Those are soul ties. That's not where we're supposed to be focused. You know, every single time that you get rid of a soul tie like that or a, you know, a tie that, well, so-and-so did it this way, my friends are telling, you know what? The Holy Spirit will come in, will honor that and make you give you ideas that nobody else even thinks of. A whole new way of living. And it'll bring you into victory every single time. If you just release that, those ties to the world. So we want to be transformed, Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we renew our mind by the word, according to Holy Spirit, Right? According to the Holy Spirit, not mechanical laws. You know, that's the other thing. You can know this word, and it can just be, well, oh, I'm, I'm using the word no. I'm saying that in a carnal way, not like revealed. You can read this word, and unless you allow the Holy Spirit, because see, the word has life, right? Holy Spirit life, right? But you've got to let the Holy Spirit in. Otherwise, this just becomes this mechanical thing. It's not meant to be con- mechanical. It's meant to bring life and truth and joy and peace and all the wonderful things that God has for us. So we don't want to turn it into something mechanical, just a, just a religious law. Jesus came and got rid of the, well, fulfilled the law and gave us the ability to walk with the Holy Spirit. True revelation of the Word. We receive... When you're born again, you receive the engrafting of this incorruptible seed. This is incorruptible seed. Do you realize that's life in you? This is life. This is a seed of life in you. I mean in real life. Really, really, really in you. That's not, this, is not a, uh, this is not imagery. It's not imagery. It's a living, powerful seed planted and growing in your spirit. Wow. You know what? That actually just reminded me of this verse. Let me see if I can find it real fast. Okay, just really be patient with me for a minute. Everyone go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparably great power. That's what you received. Incomparably great power planted and living in you. Wow! Okay, back to wherever I was. So anyway, we put on this new self, right? We put on this new self. When we received this incorruptible seed, this new self intended to be every bit, every bit The likeness of Christ. Every bit. In unity. With absolute truth. In unity with absolute truth. Don't think that you cannot receive truth. The spirit in you testifies of Jesus is the absolute spirit of truth. God didn't adopt you into Jesus and then leave you without it. We conform to the image of Christ because of that. Verse 24. To put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's you. That's your your identity. Do you receive that? Who in this room receives that? I receive it. So, Paul then goes on and he gives us all these idols that we're supposed to pay attention to and watch out for. Idols that we need to destroy in our own lives so that the image, our image, becomes the very image and likeness of Christ. Now, here's the caveat. You don't take on the shame. Right? When you recognize these things, you don't take on the shame. You take on the victory that Christ has given us. You don't identify with the shame because that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to feel rotten. You stay knowing that God loves you. You're not worthless scum. You say knowing who you are in Christ, his beloved child. Not just some sinner. When you're born again, you know what he calls you? He calls you a saint. He calls you a saint, his dear beloved child. You accept what he did for you on the cross when he shed his blood at the resurrection. And he helps you put off the temptations, the idolatries, the deceptions, the religious thinking that are s- potential snares. The scripture tells me that he actually keeps my feet from stumbling and he keeps me from being snared. Okay? 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. Okay? Now here's a list. These, these can become idols in people's lives when they go uncorrected, unsubmitted to the cross. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Now, that doesn't mean hatefully. We speak truthfully in love. Sometimes it's a little hard to speak the truth, but when we speak the truth, God will always bring redemption. So we speak the truth in love. Speak truthfully to our neighbor, For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are angry. Now, everybody gets angry at things. But we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and teach us how to dissipate the anger. Okay? So just don't sin in your anger. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring peace and show you wisdom and guide you and help you. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his hands that he may have something to share with those in need. You see what the Lord intends? Then when someone comes across your path that, ha- that has a need, you can generously share. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That's a big one. The mouth sets the rudder for our lives. It speaks life or death. There's no in-between. At all times we are either speaking life or we are speaking death. The only life is speech guarded by the word. Speech influenced by the word. That's the only life. That's the only word of life. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And that's not just cursing. That's basically something that does not build up in a situation. Something that does not edify. We want to be building up, we want to be edifying. That would include things like sarcasm, doubt, any type of negativity. Negativity is a silent killer. Sarcasm is a silent killer. Our words need to be words edified with love at all times. Sarcastic humor is not funny. It hurts people. You may not even know it. And that's a grievous thing. Criticism. Speaking lack. You speak lack over your own life? That's unwholesome talk. God receives no glory in that whatsoever. Comparing yourself to others. You compare yourself to others, that's unwholesome talk. God doesn't want you to compare yourself to others. He wants you to appreciate who you are, who he's made you to be, what he has for you to do. Don't look at somebody else's blessing and think their blessing is better than your blessing because you wouldn't want their blessing because it really wouldn't bless you. And if you're really busy running after somebody else's blessing and you're running after that over there and God has a blessing for you, are you going to have a place to... Are you even going to notice it? If your mind is on somebody else's blessing and how much they're getting blessed, why do they always get that? Why do I have the short end of the stick? Why did they get that blessing? Look at all the cars they have. Well... (laughs) Maybe they're in debt past their ears. You don't know what's going on. Just get your eyes off it. You're you're not going to know any of that. You're just causing yourself turmoil. That's just confusion. That's what we call getting your eyes off Jesus. Right? It's toxic. Puffing yourself up, pride, arrogance. That's toxic thinking. This is also toxic thinking. Talking about yourself in a negative way. I'll never mount up. You know, I can't do it right. I never do it right. That has no place in a Christian's life. Those words have no place. Because you are denying the true power of God, you're pretending. You're taking power out of the word and what he's done for you because you're agreeing with something else, right? N- nobody here, I'm sure. That's not, hu- that's not humility, by the way. Talking bad about yourself, that is not humility. That's stupidity. Oh, sorry I said that. I didn't mean that in a bad way. I'm sorry. I apologize. We just have to renew our thinking. So I'm sorry I said that. I really am. That didn't make God happy that I said that. Because he's a lot more patient and understanding and merciful and kind. Okay. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Don't be always thinking about yourself. It's not always about our needs. It's about their needs. It's to minister to them. Build them up. Benefit them. That it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That's a mouthful. You have been sealed by the precious Holy Spirit. Don't break the seal. Get rid of all bitterness. That would include offense of any kind. Rage and anger, brawling and slander. Slander, that's talking bad about other people. Along with every form of malice. You see what he calls all those? By the fact that at the end of the sentence he says, and every form of malice, he's calling each of those things an actual form of malice. You know what malice is? Malice is hatred. So, see, there's somewhere where we need to renew our mind that when those things happen, bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, that's a form of hatred for your, your, your fellow person. Get away from it. Run away as fast as you can run. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 5, one. Be imitators of God therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Hallelujah. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking. What is coarse joking? That's some of the stuff we were talking about before. Sarcasm, criticism, critical humor. Humor that that puts down other people. And we pretend like it's a joke. Self-criticism. Which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. If you're going to speak about something, just speak about what you're thankful for. Speak about something good or just zip it up. Right? Right? That was one of those old adages that was really a good one. You can't say anything nice and just don't say it. Right? That would be in line with the word. (laughs) For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater. So all these things, he's giving us a warning That they can become idolatry in our lives, gone uncorrected, gone unsubmitted to Christ. Be aware, look, think, be active. You're all great people, you're all good people. I know you never mean to intentionally hurt anyone. So he's giving us these warnings to pay attention and say, look, if there's any area in your life where this is happening, I'm going to help you fix it. I'm going to be a light into that area. And that's going to bring you freedom and liberation. And it's going to allow the Holy Spirit, the glory of the Lord, to infiltrate your life in that area. It's going to open the locked doors. And it's going to allow the flood of the Holy Spirit to come in and heal, and bring peace, and joy, and then that's just going to flow out of you to other people, and you're going to stop being this putrid river. Not you guys. Right? We don't want to be putrid rivers. We want to be life rivers. Such a man is an idolater, has No immoral, impure or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Well, now that could be actually a really scary statement when it says that. Well, that doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. That's not what that means. That means that insofar as any person... Allows idolatry to stay present in that area of life, they're not going to be able to walk in the fullness of Christ with which he has intended us to walk in this life. So it doesn't mean that God, the minute you make a mistake, is spitting you out. It just means that these things, gone uncorrected, unsubmitted, block the whole goodness of God the wholeness of God it blocks the goodness that he really wants us to have but the good thing is we don't have to stay there in that condemnation and receive shame we say therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus you're in Christ Jesus when you submit that area to him When you say, Lord, I know I messed up. I'm sorry about that. Teach me the better way. Teach me your way of life and truth. And I'm going to do that. Okay? That restores us. That brings life. That brings liberation. That brings healing. That brings unity with our Father God. And we receive the fullness of Christ in that area then. We receive all the goodness of God, all the mercy, all the wonderful things that he has for us. See, his heart for us is good. So, once we submit and we repent, then his light and his love and his freedom just saturate us in that area and restore new life, new life. You know there is always new life for you. There's never a time to be hopeless, ever. Ever. There's always new life. Verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. So that would be a situation where the word is not being exalted. For you were once in darkness, but now, but now, but now. Do you see that but now? Hello? Do you see the butt now? Okay. That's a believer. You are light in the Lord. Hallelujah. That's your destiny. You are light in the Lord. A life submitted to him. You are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, therefore. That's awesome. Do not give that up. Do not give up the understanding of, that, of the fact that that is who you are. Stand your ground. Serve God in his holiness. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. So see, when we walk this way, even our little, tiny, puny efforts that sometimes... Don't work out exactly the way that we want. In other words, we might make another mistake. You see what I'm saying? He takes that. He says, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So when we submit that, he's like, thank you, daughter, thank you, son. And he answers us in every area, in every area, all goodness, all righteousness, all truth. That's our inheritance. Am I making it plain? Do you see what you really have then? You see, no darkness can come against that. No darkness can enter in then. Okay, I'm just going to give you two more cautions from the word. They're not from me. If a prophet, oh, Deuteronomy 13, 1. If a prophet or one who foretells by dreams, a lot of this going on right now, appears among you and announces to you a miraculous sign or wonder, and if the sign or wonder of which he has spoken takes place, see, do you see that this is a caution for our times now? And he says, let us follow other gods, gods you have not known, anyone but Christ, anything that does not testify of Christ glorifying your heavenly Father God, and let us worship them, you must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. You must not listen. Walk away, run away. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. It is the Lord your God you must follow. And him you must revere. Keep his commands, obey him, serve him, hold fast to him, and all will go well with you. Nothing can come against you at that point. Resurrection life is going to be your walk at that point. Resurrection life. Devote your heart to him. The blessings of God poured out. Psalm sixteen four. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. That would be any form of idolatry. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. But those who serve the Lord have a brighter future. Those who serve the Lord have good things in store. Those who serve the Lord have blessings galore. Those who serve the Lord have abundance. He takes us into our land of abundance right? Those who serve the Lord will rejoice and rest in security. You can rejoice and rest secure. Psalm 16, 5. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The Lord makes your lot secure. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Everywhere I go, I expect pleasantness. He is giving me boundary lines of pleasantness. When you walk in a room, you walk like this, you walk in a room, the demons flee. Surely, I have a delightful inheritance. Hallelujah. Do you see the hope? Do you see the beauty? Do you see what the reward, if if I can use that word? See, we don't do it for the reward, but we do it and reward comes, blessing comes. It overtakes us, Deuteronomy. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Wow, is that going to allow you to sleep in pleasantness? Even at night, my heart, instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Hallelujah. You do not have to be shaken when times are shaking. Your lot is secure. Your boundary lines have been drawn in pleasantness. The blessing of the almighty God Because he is at my right hand I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices, and my body will rest secure. Wow, that really pretty much covers everything. That's every part of your life. Amazing. Those are those three promises alone. They're Totally complete. Touching basically every facet of our lives with the goodness and the godness. Can I use that word? The godness of light of of our lives. The godness of God in our lives. His goodness and godness touching us. Wow, redeeming us. Redeeming our whole person into the completeness of Christ. The image of God. His complete heart of goodness for us. Wow. Then speaking of Jesus in verse 10, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay, you have made known to me the path of life. When you're in Christ, this is a promise for you. You have, been, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Wow. That's the goodness of God. Eternal pleasures at your right hand. You have made me to know the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. His joy belongs to you, beloved. Every day, every moment of every day, Not shame, not guilt, none of that. The goodness of God in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's scripture. What more could we want? So, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Okay, that's what the Lord, I believe that's what the Lord had me share with all y'all today. So we're going to go ahead and receive our tithes. And then we're going to take communion. I'm going to go to Proverbs.